This is what Jesus said to the disciples. Very truly I tell you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do. And in fact, will do greater works than these because I am going to the Father. That's a very positive statement about those who believe in Jesus. Not only you will do the great works of what Jesus did, but you will do greater works than what he did. I mean, doing what Jesus did was pretty big shoes to fill. And yet, Jesus said that you will do greater works than what he did. I mean, it's there in the scripture. We heard it, but somehow it's hard to believe. So we just consider it as, oh, Jesus said very nicely about us. That's about it. But we don't take it seriously that we will do greater works than what Jesus did. When you read the Gospels, uh, you don't see a positive image about the disciples. You often encounter the incapability of Jesus' disciples. The image you get about the disciples is not the one equipped with full, powerful potential. But the image that you get is weak, self-centered, and unbelieving disciples. They simply could not do what Jesus was telling them to do. And they didn't understand what Jesus was saying most of the time. They followed Jesus. They continuously missed the point of what Jesus was trying to say. And even they tried to do miracles and they could not do miracles. And I don't know why they followed still Jesus for three years. When they could not understand him, they could not do what Jesus was doing, but yet they followed Jesus for three years. I mean, you see the same thing today in today's passage. This is after Jesus was risen from the dead, and yet the disciples' attitude is still exactly the same. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews. Yes, I understand the fear because Jesus died and the people who killed Jesus were looking for the disciples. So they were fearful. Yes, I understand that. But this passage comes right after verse 18. And then let me read verse 18 for you. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. I mean, this is right after Mary told them that I have seen the Lord, the risen Lord. And yet they were so scared 
and that they were behind the locked doors. In other words, they didn't believe what Mary said. Unbelieving disciples. They were frozen with fear. Timid, passive, fearful. Even after hearing what Mary said, that was what disciples were like. Thomas was not any different from other disciples. When Jesus appeared to the disciples, Thomas unfortunately wasn't there. So they told Thomas this. We have seen the Lord, exactly the same phrase. Mary said, I have seen the Lord. And they said, we have seen the Lord, exactly the same passage. And yet Thomas not, could not believe what the disciples said. As the disciples could not believe what Mary said. It wasn't that uh, Thomas was asking for more than what disciples had. Thomas simply asked for, I need to see him. That's what, uh, uh, what he asked for. That's all, that's all uh, about it. Uh, so doubting Thomas, that's kind of, that nickname is a little unfair for Thomas. Because Thomas uh, did not ask for anything more. And yet, the Thomas did not believe like disciples did not believe. You see, weak, blinded, and unbelieving disciples. Even though Jesus said many times during his journey with them, they did not understand, they did not hear what Jesus said. Jesus many times said, I'll be crucified. And then on third day, I'll rise again. And yet, they did not hear that. That's why Jesus uh, said, for those who have ears to hear, let them hear. Because he was so frustrated with them. Sometimes that is possible. You hear it, you don't really hear it. And that's what disciples were doing. You know what's amazing about this whole thing? They didn't believe Jesus, and yet Jesus believed in them. That's what's amazing about this whole thing. They didn't believe in Jesus, and yet Jesus believed in them. To the end. To the end. Even though he was frustrated, Jesus still believed in them. Let me read it for you. Jesus, I mean, uh, this is before that, okay, let me uh, say that. I mean, he was so frustrated. Jesus was once so frustrated with uh, disciples, and he said this. Jesus answered, you faithless and perverse generation, how much longer must I be with you? How much longer must I put up with you? Bring him here to me. So they could not do miracles. So Jesus was so frustrated with them. And yet, Jesus believed, believed in them. This is what Jesus said. Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. Jesus is sending these disciples 
to the world. Like, Father God sent me to this world to do the work. Now I'm sending you to do the same work and more than what I did. Greater works than what I did. That's what Jesus was saying to these disciples. I'm this incapable, faithless, unbelieving, weak, timid disciples. Jesus is telling them, I'm sending you to go to the world and do the works that I did and greater works than what I did. That's our Lord Jesus. He trusts us, trusts in us. Our Lord trusts in us. As a matter of fact, let me tell you, the disciples did, did greater works than what Jesus did. What Jesus did was phenomenal. Miracles, miraculous healing, supernatural healing. And his messages are very profound and they never heard that kind of message. So Jesus was very, very powerful. So of course they could not replicate what Jesus did. But Jesus' influence was limited within the Jewish boundary. Galilee, Jerusalem, and few Gentile area. And if there were no disciples, what he did would have surprised a lot of people, impressed a lot of people, but soon the world would have moved on. They would have forgotten Jesus. Oh, they were, yeah, he was great. But the world could move on. But it was disciples who made the name Jesus great from generation to generation to generation. And Jesus became the global figure. Jesus became the Lord of the universe. Jesus became known to everyone, even now. And disciples did that. Disciples were the first ones. The people that you read today, they, are, they were the first one who did that wonderful work. So that is even greater than what Jesus did. <coughs> they were ordinary people, like you and me. Very ordinary. They were not superheroes, but they were able to do unimaginable things. As an ordinary human being, they were able to do unimaginable things. I believe that that is the power of resurrection. That is the power of resurrection. On your own, you're just an ordinary person. But with the power of resurrection, you can do what is unimaginable. The power of resurrection did not end in raising Jesus from the dead. It spread. It is a power to spread. Even 2,000 years later, it still spreads. The power of resurrection still alive. It did not end 
by raising Jesus from the dead 2,000 years ago, even now in you, the power of resurrection is working and spread. And it revives whatever it touches. The power of resurrection brings dead things come alive. How is it possible? This is what Jesus did when he appeared to the disciples. Let me read it for you. Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. So he believed in that. Then, when he had said this, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. Receive the Holy Spirit. Now, not anymore through Jesus, but through the Spirit, the power of resurrection continues. Jesus gave each one of them the power, the, the spirit, and the spirit revived the power of resurrection. That is the kind of power you have, the power of resurrection. Your children of resurrection. Even Thomas did not really have to touch Jesus' wounded hand and side. When Jesus said, believe, he simply believed. And he said, my Lord and my God. And that was the highest confession that you could make. That's what Thomas did. He simply believed. So, now, my friends, no more you can see the risen Jesus. Uh, there cannot be physical evidence anymore. We don't have that privilege anymore. Jesus will not appear again and again and again so that you can believe. That's not how it works. How it works? Now, through your witnesses, through their witnesses, the power of resurrection spread. And now through your weakness, uh, witnesses, the power of resurrection will continue. This morning I got a call from uh, Reverend Um. He's in Nepal right now. And he told me, Reverend, you got to come here. You have to teach these people. There are only 1% or 2% Christians and then they need to hear uh, the teaching. And then, uh, so he, he called me. And then uh, last time when I went to Madagascar, there was uh, one person sitting right in the front. And he was listening to the message and he was writing and all that. Later I realized that he was a, a doctor. And then there is a hospital. It's very expensive and not many people can go. So uh, Reverend Um brought all the used uh, medical equipment from the United States. And then he started, he bought, uh, we bought the building and we started that some kind of hospital. 
Now he became the chief of that hospital, and he's running it. You know how many people she, uh, uh, they, they are helping through this medical service. That witness has a power. That's how it all began. That witness to Jesus' resurrection. You can do unimaginable things, my friend. Life is not just about making money, having fun. Life is making profound impact on others. And that is through the power of resurrection. You can do so much with your talents and gifts. You're much, much more talented than the disciples, original disciples. They had nothing. They didn't even have education. But now you're equipped. Once the power of resurrection works in you, you can be powerful witnesses. At the end, Jesus said, only this thing that you got to do. He said, let me read it for you. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. That's a kind of ministry. Only thing that uh, left uh, with you. Forgiveness. What is forgiveness? You take the burdens of other people's sin. There are people who are hurting because of their sins, their shortcomings. And those things bother us. We get angry. We get frustrated. Whenever we see sins of other people, we don't want to deal with them. We don't want to deal with it. We get judgmental. We get angry. We just fight back. Instead of doing that, Absorb. Absorb their sins. Bear the burdens of their sins. When you live like that, so much, this world will become so much better when you're able to do that. Each person, instead of rejecting those who commit sins, but embrace their burdens, that this community and the whole world will become much, much a better place where people's sins are forgiven and they experience freedom from the bondage of darkness. And that's God asks us to do. You have, you have the power of resurrection. Jesus died for us to forgive our sins. That much forgiveness is hard. But learn to embrace the burdens, burdens of others' shortcomings and live your life with the power of resurrection.